Podcast Answer Man, episode number 420. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey everybody, this is Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're listening to the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to helping you take your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right, my friends. It does not matter if you are brand new to this online content creating world we live in, or if you've been creating content for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. And well, my friends, one person who has been taking things to the next level for the past year has been my good friend, Mike Wendland. Now, he has a podcast called The Road Trekking Podcast. It's an RV podcast for people who are on the go and and like to travel around using motorhomes. I was delighted this past week. In fact, this week's episode is completely different than what I had planned because of an email that I received from Mike. And I just want to read it to you real quickly here. He wrote, hey, Cliff, I've bought your equipment package over at podcastanswerman.com slash equipment. Uh, By the way, I added that in there. Anyway, I've worked through many of your online tutorials that you have both given away for free and for sale. I've also listened to most, if not all, of your Podcast Answer Man episodes. And my friends, as you know, that's a lot of Podcast Answer Man episodes. Anyway, he says, I also follow your Pursuing a Balanced Life podcast. And I wanted to write and let you know that my road trekking, the RV podcast, just hit the one million download mark on Libsyn. This happened in just over 10 months. As you know, very, very few podcasts ever reach that level, and for those that do, it usually takes many years to accomplish. Our doing it in 10 months is a major milestone. In addition, the podcast is sold out in sponsorships. I now have four major sponsors, all committed to a one-year program, I have two other sponsors who are on a waiting list if and when other sponsorship opportunities open up. This all came from following of your advice, my passion, delivering weekly consistent content of high production quality that is useful to my audience. Although I am now earning a full-time income from this show, it is a labor of love and I would do it even if I didn't make a cent. I truly enjoy putting every episode together and it is such a joy as we travel around the country to find people who follow the show and come up and introduce themselves to us. I feel your tutelage is a major reason for the success. Thanks for all you do in making this happen. Well, my friends, as you can imagine, I was very delighted to receive this email. In fact, I'm quite blessed to get emails from folks who tell me all kinds of wonderful things. And every now and then, I just feel led to say, you know what, this is a story that I want to make sure that people hear about. And so, again, this week's episode, completely different than what I had intended to do. However, I feel in my heart that I needed to have Mike come onto the show and share what has he been doing 
in the past 10 months that his podcast that he just started just over 10 months ago has already received over 1 million downloads. And not only that, but is also providing a full-time income for him. So I asked Mike if he'd be willing to come onto the podcast and share a list of things that he's learned that has helped lead to his success and being able to accomplish what he has accomplished. And, well, he agreed to come onto the show, and my friends, that is exactly what he's going to do. We're going to talk about what his show is, how he got it started, why he creates the podcast, what other things he's got going on as he's been traveling around the country, and then he's going to share with us his list of 10 things that I believe are right in line with the things that I've been teaching you guys all along, and I think hearing it from someone else and how they're applying it out in the field is just exactly what we needed to share this week. And so I'm looking forward to playing that for you in just a moment. But before we jump right into the interview, I do want to share with you real quick another announcement here about my next upcoming podcasting A to Z course. That's right. This will be my 22nd session of podcasting A to Z. And there are a couple things that you need to know if you've been on the fence about taking my course. First thing I want to let you know is that this is the final session for 2015. So if you're looking to get my assistance and work with me as your personal coach for four weeks before the end of this year, this is the final opportunity. That next session does start on Monday, October 26th. The second thing is if you've been waiting around to sign up for podcasting A to Z for quite some time, I want to let you know that the price is going up in 2016. Right now, the price is $19.99, and the price starting January 1st will be $29.99. So you can save $1,000 if you take the course this October compared to any time that I offer it in 2016. So wanted to make sure that I let you guys know that. Again, I am a couple days behind on sharing that information with my mailing list. I have not yet sent a single email to my mailing list letting them know about the price change. My assumption is that we're going to see the spots for this class fill very quickly. In fact, so far, I've only mentioned this price increase in two places, and that is in the past two episodes of Podcast Answer Man, and there are already, as I'm recording this, Eight people are already registered, and there will only be 30 spots available in this next session. So if you want to get in, I would love the opportunity to be your personal coach for four weeks in my next session of Podcasting A to Z. Please head over to podcastingatoz.com for more information. And if you do have any questions after you go to Podcasting A to Z, feel free to email me those questions at cliff at podcastanswerman.com. And with that, my friends, here is some extremely valuable insights from a man who built a podcast and 10 months later has already had well over 1 million downloads. So, Mike, glad to have you on here, my friend. Congratulations on what you've achieved in your first 10 months of podcasting. And, of course, I know as soon as I read this email, I'm like, okay, there's going to be a ton of people who are going to want to know how on earth did you get, within 10 months, get to 1 million downloads and turn this into a full-time gig? (laughs) <laughs> and the answer is, I haven't a clue. <laughs> no, 
You know, Cliff, I think it's because I followed your advice more than anything else. Uh, much of it was your advice. And uh, and I think, you know, we're, I, I like to think of you as my younger brother because you're I'm actually older than you. But we really are kindred spirits in much of our path. Um, I, I have no idea, except I think it is it is following that one rule that you have hit over and over again is don't think audience numbers, don't think money, don't think downloads, think friends. You, relationships you, one you really by get one that? by one because i say that and i you should see the faces on the that people have when i actually say that in like a in a large crowd it's like oh yeah whatever if you're not tracking the downloads if you're not measuring your return on investment and your conversions and all that stuff then why even bother with this medium that is exactly the, the question you shouldn't bother for it if that's what you're in it for if you are in this to make money and this is why you do it um, find something else because it's it's way too much work for just money. It is a passion. And uh, in my case, I'm a storyteller. I love to tell stories. I spent my whole career in the media and 40 plus years, uh, much of it telling bad news stories. And uh, when I uh, sort of left that career thinking I was going to retire, I said, well, we would travel around the country and I would I would continue to tell, you know, share what I'm seeing with people just out of that passion. And uh, lo and behold, people notice. They notice passion. And uh, they're hungry for good news. They don't want any more anger or opinion or politics or any of that stuff. And I think that's one thing that, that you know, we are relentlessly positive in what we, uh, what we write about. Well, let's back up just a little bit, Mike, and tell folks about your past and what was your life like and what did you do before you started your podcast? That's first rule in podcasting is always turn off your telephone. <laughs> I did that, although it picks it up online. Well, 40 years uh, in the media, most of it as an investigative reporter. And over the last uh, 25 years or so, I've sort of, I spe- ended up specializing in uh, a lot of consumer computer assisted reporting. Along with that, I did, uh, I started an NBC piece. I do every week, still do it and uh, do it, you know, all just like I do podcasting from wherever we are on technology and apps. But much of that career was spent uh, telling bad news stories. I was an investigative reporter. My specialty was the mob, um, things like the Jimmy Hoffa disappearance, uh, the rise of crack cocaine around the country. Uh, so I was all over the, the world reporting and it burned me out, got very cynical. Um, really like, I've always liked gadgets and technology. And so when computer assisted reporting came in, which is kind of like gathering large databases and then comparing, say you get a list of school bus drivers and you get a list of people who did felonies, then you match those things and you say, Hey, you know, 21% of all school bus drivers in this district had a felony. So it really helps. Um, but I enjoyed that process of computers. And then, um, I left the media and I just wanted to go see those places that I would use as a backdrop for a stand-up, perhaps on TV. And that's how I started uh, uh, really to, to do the podcast. Uh, writing about good news. I mean, in most of this country is filled with good news. There's, there's great things happening everywhere. We don't hear about it when we read the media, but it's there. And it was such a joy to go out and just not have uh, an editor saying, well, if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't lead the story. So... Uh, doing that. And I love radio. Oh, I grew up with radio. When I was a kid, I had an illegal radio station at the age of 12 and I uh, transmitted in my neighborhood. And podcasting is, uh, I had done some of that 
five, six, seven years ago. But back then it was pretty hard. You had to have an MP3 player and you had it downloaded and it was okay. It was kind of fun. I did some for uh, a newspaper I was working with at that time. But now with Apple putting it on our iPhones, oh my goodness, it's just so simple. Yep. And I think it's so intimate. I like, I mean, these people put us in their ear. Wow. That is, that is about, that is such a privilege. So that's, that's kind of how I got here. And I actually, I'm doing three podcasts now, but uh, this, this one, the, the road trekking one is the one that has just surprised me and that has taken off so fast. So tell us about road trekking. What is the podcast? Who's the target audience and why did you start it? I started it because I was traveling the country in a small motorhome with my wife and I wanted to just share what we saw and what we were seeing. And, and I love to take photos. I like doing video. I like editing, all that stuff. So, you know, I would do that for myself, my own passion first. But the target, as I did that, people would start to share it. I'd send it to a friend of mine or maybe we would meet somebody out on the road someplace and I'd say, hey, I'm doing a blog. And, and they would see it and they'd send it to a friend. And I realized, wow, there's people seem to be really interested in this. And so that's that was the start. The target audience was initially people who had a small motorhome, an RV like ours. However, it has since expanded to people who are just interested in travel or camping or recreation vehicles. That's about a 10, 10 million people have uh, an RV. It's just exploded in terms of popularity. My target audience is, skews a lot older than most podcast audiences. And therein lies a great opportunity for any podcaster, by the way because everybody ignores people over 50. Well, the average RV is owned by somebody who's probably 50, 55, and uh, they have more disposable money than any other demographic, although that's not my motive, but it's an important thing for advertisers. And then uh, they're also, this generation, the baby boomers who are now retiring at the rate of something like 10,000 a day, they are the most active, mobile, affluent group that's ever retired. So they're interested in, in going out and, and doing all those things on the bucket list. And that's my target. People who are out there who want to be active, want to go see things and do things and meet interesting people. And um, I've just worked hard at developing relationships with them. And, and it's just grown and grown. And once you hit a certain number, it just seems to be exponential. It just explodes. Give me some examples of what some of the topics might be for the Road Trekking Podcast. Um, I'm doing one tomorrow and tomorrow is I interviewed, I was at a big RV show in, where was I? Yeah. Hershey, Pennsylvania, the sweetest town in America. Did I ended up doing a story about that too? But, uh, and I met people just kept coming up to us who listened to the podcast, meeting Jennifer, my wife. And, uh, we had people who said, I, I recognized your voice and they'd come up in a, I mean, really, you, we could hardly walk through this huge, largest RV show in the, in North America. So I interviewed a lot of people from that and I asked them, what is it about this lifestyle that most appeals to you? And I, I strung together a bunch of interviews with them on my Roland, a little portable thing that I got from Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'll run that. Last week I did one on what's called snowbirding, the, the great migration of the snowbirds, people who leave northern climates for the south. What's involved in that? If you want to spend the winter in Florida or Arizona. Uh, I've done stuff uh, on um, solo travelers. Uh, a lot of women, a surprisingly number of women all by themselves are traveling this country. How do you know you're safe? What do you do to be safe? Oh. Uh, it's millions of topics. And I do my mine a little bit different. Most podcasts, it seems, is somebody just offering their opinion and maybe interviewing somebody. And that's it. 
Um, and that's great if you have a lot of expertise in a subject, but, but so many podcasts out there, they don't know anything what they're talking about. They just want to give their opinion. I end up doing it kind of almost like a audio magazine. We have a different segment with tips, a destination, a bucket list destination of the week, um, technology tips for people who travel. And then there's always a, 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 an, an interview with somebody that we pick. Um, and it's about an hour long, which I think uh, you've, you've kind of hit. That's, I think, the sweet spot. We find people can listen to it as they commute or they can come back and consume it however they want. I've used a lot of tools. One of the plugins I have that you embed, you know, where in the podcast a certain section that you're talking about is. And then um, for me with our audience, think about it. I have a captive audience. These people are driving, you know, yeah. all day long across the country, hours on end. And so, you know, what better way for an RVer to, you know, break the monotony of driving than to listen to somebody talk about RVing and traveling. So um, that's a long answer to, to your question, but knowing your audience, I think is this is, is what it comes back to and how important that is. Well, you gave me a list of 10 pieces of advice for podcasters and I want to get into that in just a moment, but I do want to talk about one other thing before we jump into that list. And that is the fact that you said that you have three podcasts. Road Trucking is just one of them. What are the other two podcasts and what are they like? Well, you know, you know the best laid plans of people, I thought, be, I still do, and since 1994, I do a weekly technology story uh, for NBC TV. It goes out to every NBC television affiliate. I did one, you were on one early on last year. Yeah, you did one on uh, podcasting. Yeah, on podcasting. And um, I figured, well, this is great because I've got all that exposure and I've had a, a brand on that PC mic is my is my NBC brand. And people know me from technology. So I'll just do a technology podcast. And I thought that was going to explode. It didn't. I mean, it's doing okay, you know, but it's not, it didn't take off like the road trekking one. Was that the first podcast that you started? Uh, no, actually I started the road trekking, oh, okay. I started the road trekking in October. And I, I said, well, this is doing really well. Wait till I do NBC and PC <laughs> Mike, that's going to really take off. And okay. it didn't, it didn't. But, uh, it's, so I, my challenge is to grow that. Cause I really do have a passion for like you gizmos and gadgets and new apps. And we're talking here on blab. I just did two, uh, live half hour broadcasts on blab it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm walking around with just my laptop. I used it on my laptop, just the laptop and a, and a data card. And I walked all over this RV show and it was great, the quality, but yeah. I digress. It's cool technology, but that did not, you know, that has, that has not taken off. I need to spend more time on it to develop it, but it's still, that's just a labor of love. Let's go ahead and talk about the third one. And then I, I want to ask you a question about something you just said. So go ahead. And what's the third podcast? The third one is the same, almost, in fact, almost to the day you and I started uh, an emphasis on fitness and health. I have lost about 45 pounds and um, uh, I started a, a podcast you remember the, um, Morgan Freeman's or Morgan Freeman, Morgan, I can't remember his last name. The guy who did this super size me thing about McDonald's, the guy who lived on McDonald's for 90 days. That's all he ate and he gets so sick. Yeah. Is I it Spurlock? Wonder, well, oh, Morgan Spurlock. That's his name. Okay. And, and I got to wondering what would happen if you just ate good food and exercised. And so I began, a, I, I call this super healthy me. And uh, I was going to just kind of document my progress on it. And it was strictly for me, but hoping that I could, I could find some other people who were going through the same thing. We could encourage each other. We could share it. 
And, uh, and that was fun, but it never developed an audience because I, this road trekking became so big and so consuming. Uh, I want to get back to that. One, it's a great accountability tool. Because mm-hmm. if you uh, if you have to weigh yourself every week and divulge it to your audience, you, you're going to be <laughs> sticking to your program. Uh, so I have uh, I, I want to do I want to I'd like to develop all of that. There becomes a there comes a question is how much can one person do? Yes. And, uh, and so now my challenge is to work smarter and more efficiently, and uh, and still develop these other two podcasts. That's the question I have for you. You've got this one podcast that is. From what you had told me, you have sold out sponsorships. I have a waiting list of people who want to advertise on it. I'm at the point now where I think I'd like to get rid of a couple of advertising because it's just too much advertising. Four of them. I have four. Oh, wow. So you think that if you're more efficient with your time, you believe that you can maybe increase the success of one or two of these other shows to bring them to the level of where they're generating as much income? Or do you think that there's something about focusing on this one community that would love to have even more or expanding its potential reach and and effectiveness in that community? Well, that's a great question. I'm not, and this sounds so easy to say now that I've got people actually who have sponsored it, but I'm not in it for the money. I really don't care a whole lot about the money. I mean, it helps to pay the bills and 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 to have your income supplemented, but uh, this road trekking, this this RV lifestyle, it, it, that's that's my that is I have a huge audience who love that stuff, and they offer tips, and they they live vicariously through it. So that will always probably demand more of my time. The technology one is one that I would like to use, um, basically to continue my to force me to stay up to date on technology because that is so important for podcasting for quality. Uh, I would love to see it generate um, some more uh, listeners so I can have a, more of an effect on it. And then the super healthy me one, that's for me. That is for me. I'd like to have a group of you know people who are, are I would like to do it on a regular basis every week and have more encouragement as I think it's so important that we spend more time on what is really most important, which is family and faith and, and, and our health, which is such a gift and that we all abuse in this culture so bad. So I want to develop those others, but those are almost, I want to almost say they're going to be my hobbies. Yeah. And this one is, uh, and road trekking is still, it's a hobby for me. And as soon as it becomes work, I don't want to do it anymore. I love doing it. I love traveling, but uh, that will become the most because that's where I think I have the most impact right now. It's interesting, you know, because I've I've got podcast Answer Man. Financially, it is the most successful thing that I've done since I've started podcasting, and it produces about ninety, somewhere around ninety ninety five percent of my income. Whereas my favorite podcast in the world that I've ever produced is pursuing a balanced life. life. So sometimes I'm like, I really want to expand what I'm doing here and build on what I'm doing. But this is the thing that took off. And so it, it's that juggling between the different things and, of course, thinking, you know, man, if I just put all, what if I just shut down everything that I was doing and what would be the possibilities of what I could do with Podcast Answer Man if it was my sole focus? I think one of the things about podcasting and people who are successful at podcasters is that we, are, we don't work well for someone. I mean, that's that whole entrepreneurial spirit. But, but I know in my case, um, I may want to do something else too. I may want to do a podcast. I, I am a, a believer in follower of Jesus Christ. I teach a Bible class every single Monday night with a couple hundred people. I'd love to find a way to, to 
take that experience and do oh my gosh i keep getting i don't get this many phone calls glyph i really this don't this is hilarious uh, I, I love I, it. by the way this I, is not getting edited out i would like to do um i'd like to do more of that and i think that would be uh, i'd like to figure out a way to to, to incorporate uh, my faith a little bit into a podcast uh, i'm interested in photography as i travel i'd like to think about that so there's a million of them i could do um, but I think it becomes a matter of where, uh, right now, where is your greatest influence and, and where can you help and serve the most number of people? And I think that's an important thing about doing a podcast successfully is that you have an attitude, I'm, I'm serving other people. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and that's what I love about this is I get, you know, I, I, I know it's probably ego. I feed off these emails and these calls from people who say, would you help me so much with this and that? And, and you do too. I know that I hear yeah. you. I listen to you every, on all your podcasts. I listen to. So I think that's the other thing about podcasts. You get this incredible relationship and feedback, instant feedback from your audience. Yes. And, uh, I I'd like to continue that. It's hard to do the other two podcasts as I travel a lot. Uh, it's really hard because we have really been traveling a ton yeah. and uh, I've been on the road pretty much since May and uh, along the way we've had a break-in somebody stole all of my equipment in St. I Louis. saw that Every, oh my gosh my wife got pneumonia in Montana while I was I had got a organized a meetup up in the mountains there we had a hundred people came from all over the country and so I had to be with them and then I had to be with her in the hospital our dog died oh, all man. of these things uh, but uh it still is, it's still a great life, you know, and, and the adventures that we can share. Yeah. So that will always be number one. I would like to develop the other two. Awesome. I need so, a mastermind group. That's probably the next thing. So. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I'd love to bring out these 10 tips that you've developed from your experience over the past year. Let's go ahead and jump into them. Do you have the numbered list that you sent me in front of you? I do. So and, let's just go um, ahead and start with number one. Don't focus on making money. Because uh, it becomes really obvious to anybody who's listening that that's what you're in it for. So, so if that's what you're in it for, you know, people don't want to. They're not going to have a relationship with you. Focus instead on making friends. And um, I don't think you should think of your audience per se. Think about individuals. Yes. Um, and and I think that the mark of all of the successful podcasts that that, that I listen to, the the people who run them are first they share. They teach, they give stuff away, they help, they serve, they try to connect people. They're passionate about it. And uh, I think that that's really important. Number two, I have, um, in this I just have learned from all my life, years in media, that content always has been, always will be the king. And that you need to have fresh content and that the podcast should be the highlight of the week for everybody, for you especially, and your audience, but have fresh content on the blog that keeps them back and connected with each other and, and with you. Three, I think this building relationships is so important. And that is the first way to do that. The easiest way is you answer every single email you get. Uh, nothing is more frustrating to people than to uh, send an email and have no one even acknowledge it. I use, I think I learned that from you as well, uh, a service called Text Expander. Yep. Wow, it's just great because you can, you know, most of the answers that people ask, the questions are are the same. You can build templates around them. It only takes you a couple of seconds to answer them. So I do that. I th I am a huge believer, at least in, in the people who listen to our podcast uh, with Facebook. It is where we have an ongoing 24-7 conversation in, in our group. Uh, it's a closed group. That's another thing I would suggest to people. Uh, it's very important to have um, have some control over it. Uh, 
in the in the group. Uh, we have about six thousand. I approve everybody individually. And I've got some help with that with moderators, but. Um, so you have people that are com- constantly asking questions or offering suggestions, and I I read them all. I try to a- interact with them all, uh, to share photos, tell people what I'm doing, where I am, and not just promote my na- latest you know episode or blog post. I think four, you need to make it really easy for people to know what's going on and uh, to navigate around. So a good show notes page is is important for that. Five with that, uh, develop systems. Boy, systems and apps, plugins, they can just save you so much time. I put all of my production elements for the podcast on Dropbox. So no matter where I am, if I have to borrow a computer, if I'm on a laptop in an RV or at a desktop uh, at my son's house, wherever I am, I can grab all those important files I need. It also is just smart to back them up. And that's why Dropbox is good. I mentioned text expander because I've built templates for many of the things I write about. I use Evernote uh, to keep notes on. I use SpeakPipe to get uh, so people can click on the blog and they can they can use their own computer mic to send me a question. Um, Canva and uh, Word Swag uh, for artwork. Uh, so using all those tools can save you so much time and money because you don't have to hire people. Yep. I think um, six, the most important thing for me is not to think of this. I, I don't like that word platform. It just sounds too, or brand even. It sounds just too marketing. But think of all of your stuff as an ecosystem, your blog, a, a newsletter. I think I have 10,000 people on my newsletter and all my social media stuff, my videos, uh, all of that stuff works together. They feed each other. And uh and it just, it gives people so many different ways to jump into your content. Seven, and this was really, it's its still hard to give up partial control, but get some help. Yeah. I mean, if you really are going to be serious about this, get a team. Yep. You, you, you know, uh, I did hire a virtual assistant. I was really lucky to find somebody locally so I, we can actually meet face to face from time to time. And that person helps me with my newsletters and the show notes and just the the formatting, the stuff that takes a lot of time that that used to, you know, kind of be, oh man, I got to do another newsletter and format it. And, and this guy now does this for me and, and I give him what, what to put in there, but it really helps. And then you don't have to pay for it. I have a, a group of volunteer moderators on Facebook uh, of a dozen of them and, uh, they just do really help weed out those who would use it for spam or for politics or cause division or whatever. You know, there's a lot of people with issues that you got to watch out for. Yep. Uh, on the blog, I have uh, a handpicked team of about seven uh, other writers who I, I really carefully vet and make sure that we're all on the same page and they uh, contribute content for me on a, almost a daily basis. On number oh, seven there, the one thing I want to know is, is where did you find your virtual assistant and how? Uh, I, oh man, that's a great one. I did, um, I looked overseas. I talked to a couple of local companies, um, and some of the uh, domestic companies, they were very expensive. I've, I went to Fiverr and I went to Elance and, um, I wrote up a description of what I wanted and I decided I wanted somebody that was at least in the same country as I am and preferably on the same time zone. And then I got, I was surprised at the quality of the applicants I got. And in my case, much of it is editorial or content driven. So I had people who are working at daily newspapers and magazines and with great public, you know, great attention. The media, the mainstream media has gone through huge layoffs. There's a lot of talented people looking for work. And yeah. I found a local guy who worked at a major newspaper, uh, worked at one of the big automobile companies and PR. 
and we met, uh, developed a great relationship. And uh, I just, uh, I use um, an online service called Slack to kind of manage him and we contact with that. Uh, but um, I have used people overseas before, but you have to spend so much time training them yep. and training them culturally even uh, that I find it's just much better to go domestic. And you can find them through Elance and services like that. So number, um, I think we're on number, number eight. eight is uh, expand your circle of friends. Not so much your network, but make more friends. I found uh, LinkedIn to be a wealth of, of contacts. If you go into the groups of LinkedIn, for example, in my case, I look for people who travel groups, RV groups, camping groups. I join those. I share my content with them and have developed a, a lot of people who've, who've discovered the podcast strictly through LinkedIn. Can you tell Just, me, how do you do that without seeming spammy? How, what, what approach did you take with those group? That's creators? a great question. Because most people will put, I have a great, a great story today on the blog about this. I always say, well, what's the story about? In a case, for example, last week on the podcast where I had snowbirds. So I would write a, a post uh, on LinkedIn and I would say the great snowbird migration is about to start as cold weather comes. What's involved in snowboarding? Question mark. Uh, how much does it cost to stay uh, in an RV across the, the in warmer climates during the winter? Find out. Meet this couple. Uh, they're featured in our podcast this week. So I do a regular headline, not so much of just click here and listen. I, I really try and write a description about it, give them a reason to go. And uh, and it works. It's like Twitter. You know, we used to use Twitter to actually tell people what we're doing. And Twitter is just a marketing tool. It's all it is. All yeah. Twitter is is go here, click here. And I think everybody knows that now. So I use Twitter. I have a service I use called Edgar. I think it costs 69 bucks a month or something. And it it's like buffer, but it's much, you can really fine tune it down and uh, really nice way to schedule stuff. So I have 500 different posts and links and topics from my podcast that I'm constantly sending out to Twitter and to Facebook. And uh, that really helps out bring up, bring a lot of people, but being careful not to make them spammy, but yeah, but let's face it. That's what LinkedIn is. That's what Twitter is. It's, it's, uh, it's almost clickbait bait now and, and you got to get them going. Number nine, get better. You really need to keep learning, um, work on audio quality, uh, find new things. Uh, when you shared your experience with Blab the other day, I was down in Florida on the Emerald Coast and immediately ordered, uh, here it is, uh, iRig 2. Yep. <laughs> Isn't this what you did before? Yep. And this is iRig 2. I did the same thing. I haven't hooked it up yet. But learn these things. This tool, this Blab, is, uh, is absolutely a phenomenal tool. And don't be afraid to try it. And as you get better, um, I think you learn to be genuine, to tell people what you're doing, share your passion, be excited, be transparent, ask for help, ask for suggestions. That's what you do with your friends. You know, you share it and uh, keep learning. So that that's uh, so many people just say, well, I got this figured out and you do the same thing. Change. Don't be afraid to change. Right. Ten. I know you'll agree with this one. And that's just keep it all in perspective. You know, this is a season in your life and there will be other seasons and other things that will probably steal your passion away. So it's, it's uh, don't think of it as necessarily a job, but, but keep it in perspective. Get rest. Boy, we, none of us get enough rest. Take care of the most important off-screen relationships that you have with your creator, with your family. Um, balance your work. Balance is so important, your personal time and your work time. And, and don't be afraid to take a day off every now and then. 
uh, and ask the people who are most important to you. If you're a little too intense on some of these things, where, where would you, you know, have I, have I changed? Am I too focused on this? What advice would you give me? How am I doing? Because we get tunnel vision. We get so excited about what we're doing. And I mean, I can spend 14 hours a day doing this if I, if I don't have some, some, some check. So um, keep it in perspective. This is just part of who you are. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, I will put this in the show notes, this list of 10 things that you've just shared with us. But folks, you can find that at podcastanswerman.com slash 420 for episode 420. Mike, where can people find you online and specifically the Road Trekking Podcast? It's uh, roadtrekking.com, R-O-A-D-T-R-E-K-I-N-G. And, and I think that's another thing. Have one spot. That's my blog. And uh, it's also where my podcasts are and um the other thing I should say is, is have them, uh, I don't want to put more work on you, but go to Podcast Answer Man and just start looking at all the stuff that you have given away, Cliff, and you give freely to this community. And, uh, you know, I, I just recommended somebody take your A to Z course uh, the other day. All the material that you have out there, you know, you, you are my, my model on this, and that is sharing and, and giving and, and um, first serving. And the rest all comes. Yeah. The rest all comes. Well, I appreciate that. And Mike, I tell you, you're, you have an inspirational story, your dedication to serving others, putting them first, not doing it just for the money, just following the passion and, and the, the desire to help others. These are the stories I love to share. And, and I'm so delighted by your success, not surprised by it at all, but delighted by it. And I uh, hope to inspire and motivate and encourage some other folks out there in the community who are trying to find a way to make a difference in this world with the content that they create. And I thought your story was a great example of that. So thank you so much for coming on to Podcast Answer Man and telling us what you've learned over these past 10 months. Oh, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's, it's really is a, uh, the pinnacle of my career so far to be on the Podcast Answer Man. So thank you so much, Cliff. Podcast Answer Man.